Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. And today's guest is a global executive branding expert, professional speaker with the National Speakers Association, and the author of the best-selling book, LinkedIn for the Savvy Executive. In addition to professional speaking and corporate workshops on personal brand and LinkedIn, she works one-on-one with senior leaders, C-suite executives, and their companies to uncover and express their authentic brand on LinkedIn. In 2011, her 20-year career as a marketing communications consultant to a Fortune 500 medical device company came to an abrupt end when the company downsized. During her intensive study of the LinkedIn platform following this job loss, she discovered the strategies for finding opportunities. And while helping others in transition, she discovered that her writing expertise combined with her deep understanding of the LinkedIn platform became the key to the next chapter in her career. Please welcome the owner and principal of Kammerer Group, Carol Kammerer. Hi, Carol. Hello, Dr. Gary. How are you today? I am fantastic. I am really looking forward to hearing about this this journey that you've been on for marketing and all those. And yeah, I think you know, from tw- 2000 to 2011, I had a few job changes myself over the years with technology and other things that were going on, like many of us did. So oh, absolutely. When, when that happened and you jumped into this whole realm of social media and, and business I want to say business social media with LinkedIn. Right. Your expertise, did that come out of a need that you had to find something to do? Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, good. Let's talk about that. Yes. That was why I began to study LinkedIn as a subject. I needed a network. My network had for 20 years been within that company and it was all locked up. They weren't going to be able to hire me again because they sent the function to an outsourced retained arrangement. And so I wasn't going to be working with them and all my network was there. So I needed a network. I needed somebody outside the company to know what it was that I do. And, and then to get excited enough about me so that I would have some work again. (laughs) So it was, it was totally a surprise to find that after helping my friends, they started sending people to me for just that same kind of help on personal branding and LinkedIn. And that was when I realized, oh, you know, here's here's a new thought. <laughs> what do you so in your experience when you, you you really do a lot of work with executives, I know, in companies, what do you think yeah. are some of the biggest mistakes people are making on on LinkedIn, either as individuals as executives or you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I've got an organization of maybe ten people and do leadership development and sure. probably got all kinds of mistakes that I make. I could learn from you. So what what kind of mistakes do us executives typically make with this this branding on LinkedIn? Oh, it is playing small. And perhaps not 
taking the platform seriously. LinkedIn really is an important platform and people are looking for people like you and me every day. Mm. And if we have good content, if we say who we are, and if we are authentic on that platform, LinkedIn finds us for Mm. those opportunities that are right for us. So when I work with an executive who's been in a C-level position for many, many years, they probably have not had to really apply for a position outside the company that they're working for in, you know, 20 years. The problem is they have no idea that job finding really changed. Mm. Mm. You know, they're still trying to play, well, what what kind of vellum shall I use for my resume? And what is the favorite font today? And that's not where it is. So, you know, the biggest mistake is just either and not knowing or not caring that LinkedIn is where we make our first impressions of people. Yeah, so it's funny. It's funny you should say that. What's the font I should use? You know, this sounds like in marketing when people want to have start a business, and the first thing is they want to talk about what's my logo going to look like. Oh, I know. And you go, no, no. Look, we're talking about authenticity. When we talk about leadership, we're talking about authenticity. So, what does that mean? Why do you want to do what you do? You know, right. let's let's start with the why, right? What's right. the work that we do? What's your personal mission statement? What's important to you? And I, the, the word I, I, as I was reading in, in your bio, we talk about this in leadership all the time, authentic. How do you come across as an authentic executive that's looking for something, but states, why are you looking for something to do if, if you're, you know, in your fifties and you're a CEO, maybe you have bills, maybe you don't, and you want to start something new. I, I work with an executive right now who was the president of a bank years ago. And she decided to, after 30, 35 years in banking, to quit. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to do something in nonprofit. Well, she became, not only did she become a guest on my podcast, yes. and a good friend, okay? But she became the executive director of Habitat for Humanity in Broward County in Florida. And in four years, has taken Habitat from four per year to 25 a year. I mean, that's leadership. That's authenticity yes. because of why she wants to do it, who she is. Right. Is, that, is right. that what you dig into with these leaders? Yes. So I was just speaking this morning to a group of people, a networking group, and my presentation was about um, LinkedIn is the best business promotion you never have to pay for because they were all entrepreneurs. But I kept saying, You have to put yourself into your profile. It's not, don't take your about section and talk all about your business. I don't care. I want to know why you would be somebody that I would like doing business with. I want to know your principles and your process and your passions. I want to know what three things you want to be known for and why. Mm. I Mm. want to know what your differentiators are. Those Mm. things that separate you and make you stand out. So many times we just talk about our business. Mm. And one of the things that I am so 
sad about is that people so often view themselves as their job. Uh, maybe it's especially people who are leaders. I don't know. It, it It's a very common thing to be all wrapped up in our position and to think that we are that position. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so very hard when the position disappears. And for so many people that I work with, that happens. And it happens through no fault of their own, through merger and acquisition, where now they've got two and they need one, through changes where the corporation decides, oh, we're just not going to go that direction anymore. You know, we're going to spin this off or, you know, kill this product or whatever. And all of a sudden, you are without your job. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm really concerned about is that people understand that our our skills and our experiences prepare us to do many different things. We can use the same skills and change them around and all of a sudden we're doing something different like your bank president who who became in charge of the Habitat for Humanity in your area. So important to realize that we're all all bigger than our jobs. Yeah, and that's why when I worked for Procter & Gamble, we learned that skills is what was important because then no matter what happens in your environment, you could adjust. But it reminds me, it reminds me of, and, and by the way, it's called role identity. When people are connected to a position, a role, or a a title, it's called role identity in psychology. And it happened to me back in the 90s in my first business. I was struggling in my first leadership business. I really wasn't doing very well. I was just barely able to pay the bills. And I was prospecting a, a president of a company, and they ended up hiring me as their vice president of sales and marketing. (laughs) And I went from struggling to being the VP of this $78 million business, which we grew within six months. We grew it to 95 million. I mean, it was, it was great. I was, I was loving it. It was a franchise based organization. I was really good at it. I was traveling all over the country. I was on top of the world. I was great. Then I got fired. Oh, and, and the reason I got fired is I had accomplished what the owner wanted me to do, which was get the, uh, the franchise owners kind of in line. They believed in me enough to get in line. So he thought, okay, we're good. They fired me. Well, he was removed from his position eight months later because yes. he was kind of wacko. But that firing for me was the first real honest to goodness failure for me ever. Yes. And I know that I was, I was definitely identifying with that role. I was, you know, first time in my life making six figures, bonuses, traveling all over the place, staying in the best hotel. It was just awesome. You know, I had a staff of about 150 people and was doing great. And then he got fired. And I can remember I was devastated. And and a a lot of it was not just loving the job, but it was being attached to that role. Right. And boy, can we get attached to that? Oh, I know. I know. I just spoke to a group of PR leaders in Nigeria, and they Mm -hmm. asked me to reflect on my career. And and so I created some life lessons that all came out of that transition period. After job loss, we are so much more attuned to learning our lessons when it's too Mm -hmm. late. (laughs) 
So my lessons were things like you need to have a network that works for you. And it needs to be not only the people that you work right beside, but people outside the company. And you need to have people outside the company know who you are and what you can do. So, you know, creating your personal brand online before you need it is important. So little lessons like that where I'm going, oh, how could I have missed that? But you miss it because things are going well. You got to have a network. I think that's a that's a great like that might be the name of our podcast for today. You got to have a network in a lot of different ways: coaches, mentors, friends, associates, yes. people that you can go to when 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 stuff goes wrong. Because in, in these uncertain times, things are going to go wrong. We know that. Yes. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So we have to have multiple ways of developing these relationships and networks in order to be able to succeed as leaders, whether we're in a stable leadership position or not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I interesting because again, I made that a, a, I moved here to Raleigh, North Carolina 20 years ago. And when I uh, took the position down here in another IT company as vice president of sales and marketing. So I did get back to the, to that position. But when I did, I made a, a conscious effort to build a network here in Raleigh. And when I started this business in 2009, those friends that I had made were the first ones that hired me. Excellent. So to your point, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a very, very, very important part it of is. our development of relationships. Yeah. So we so often as employees are so nose down in our work mm-hmm. that we fail to look up for all those things, for taking care of our own brand, for taking care of our I don't know, it's it's partly mental and physical health and creating a network, our social health, <laughs> because yeah. all those things are so important when the world, as you know, it ends. You know, something is beyond that, but you just fell off the cliff. Now, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think... I, I think that what you said earlier is uh, I, I'm going to go back into my LinkedIn. I'm going to take a look at it because I'm, I'm thinking in my head now when I talk about, I do talk about my business and talk about what we do. And yet when my brother who works with me introduces me before we do a leadership program, mm-hmm. he said, I want you to understand something about Dr. Gary, my brother. He says the, the leadership development is not what he does. Mm-hmm. It's who he is. Uh. And we always talk about we don't develop leaders, we train leaders. And and I think that the, the reason that resonates with me when I talk about getting rid of bad bosses and making good bosses into great leaders with compassion and accountability, our mission. But to your point, it doesn't really talk about who I am right. in a way that says, look, you want to hire me? You got to understand something. I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, a lot of different ways. You're going to get straight talk from me. You're going to get direct information. You're going to get a coach and a consultant at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want that kind of a person working with you, that's going to tell you the truth as I see it. Now, I'm going to say as I see it, because right. I can be, right. I, I could be wrong. I mean, but I'm going to tell you what I see. Mm-hmm. Then you don't want to hire me. But if you need somebody to help you with that, please hire me. And I think to your point, that's yes. my brand. And I'm learning from you at this moment. I don't yeah. think I do that enough on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's it's something that most people don't do well. But 
who we are really matters to whether people want to do business with us. You know, it's important to have those no like, and trust factors in the about section. So when I'm working with a senior level leader and I'm writing for them, I am weaving that story. It's mm-hmm. really a storyline that has to do with their personal journey, their discoveries, their principles, process, and, and passions. And because I'm speaking authentically for them in the first person for them, it sows the seeds of no like, and trust so mm-hmm. that people want to do business with that person. You know, people really don't want to do business with companies. They want to do business with people. Yeah. And further, they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So I was telling the people that I was talking to this morning that there's plenty of room for what are you doing in your business. And that section is in your experience section under your current position. You know, there's where you can talk about your ideal clients and their pain points and how you help and how your services combine to provide transformation. Yeah. Yeah. But in the about section, it really should be about who you are because people want to know who we are. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the questions that you typically ask people to help them describe who they are? How do you draw that out of executives? Okay. So I say that every profile that's truly memorable comes from their heart center. Hmm. And the heart center is really your personal brand. So how do you get there? There are so many instruments that I'm sure you've seen of how you can define your personal brand. They have 70 to 140 questions. Well, that's just over the top. So I have a process that uses three questions Hmm. and they are easy to remember. They're not necessarily easy to respond to. (laughs) Not easy to answer. (laughs) Not necessarily. So the first of my three questions is, what are the three things you want to be known for? Mm. Now, the most important part of that is three. When somebody asked me that question many, many, many years ago, I thought, well, I am extra special and I want to be known for six things. Extra credit, right? I, I was big on extra credit all right. through my, <laughs> through yeah, my sure. <laughs> above and beyond. So six things I want to be known for. But here's the thing. Six things are not twice as good as three. As mm. a matter of fact, they're not half as good as three because three things are memorable. And that's why preachers and teachers and writers use a formula that has to do with, you know, three main points. Yeah, the rule of three, sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's also why orators use three phrases. I came, I saw, I conquered. Mm -hmm. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We are really hardwired to remember three. But the problem is, especially in the headline, you know, one of the things people have started to get is that 
the headline is much longer than it used to be on LinkedIn. It's that little text that's right under your name. Mm -hmm. And so it's 220 characters. They've started to fill it up. But instead of telling what results they get with the three things they want to be known for or what results they get for, you know, their ideal client with their um, differentiator, they give a bunch of titles or a bunch of skills that they want to use. Well, then instead of being memorable, you just look unfocused. Mm. And when you look unfocused, we don't want anything to do with you in the world of business. You know, you are not a valuable person in the world of business if you want to be known for six things. It just doesn't work. Mm. So, okay, so did I give you my... That was the first question. What, what are the three things you want to... The second question is, what are your differentiators? Okay. Um, and, you know, some other ways that people can interpret this question are, what is your superpower? What do people come to you for every time? They always come to you for this, mm. you know, so there are people that are just extraordinary in some real standout way. And that would be their differentiator. And then the, the third one is, what are your key words? Because LinkedIn is a search engine. And so if you know and use your keywords often, you will be more likely to be found for opportunities that write for you. So LinkedIn is looking for those keywords from each of us. Yeah. So if you, if you take that from, from the heart mm-hmm. and you put those things out, out there proudly, then people will feel that. Yes. Yes. Right. They'll sense, they'll sense even from the words and maybe from the pictures and everything. And from the description of the about and all the things you're talking right. about, they'll get a better sense of not just what you do, but who you are. Right. You know, I told a little story about going to an art fair. And at the art fair, I got really involved talking to the artist. And I loved his work. And the more I talked, the more I just needed something from this artist. I needed to buy something. I found the perfect item. And it was all the more special because I knew the artist. That is the feeling that I want people to have when they read a LinkedIn about section. Mm. It's like, who is the artist? Um, Who is the person that we're inviting into our C-suite? You know, we need to know whether he is a person that embraces our culture as a collaborative leader or whether he's authoritarian, you know, I need to know that about you. Um, I need to know whether you are a listener. If you are coming in at a C-suite level, leaders need to listen. They need to listen and hear and feel and deliberate. You know, I'm not saying that leaders shouldn't ever make their own decisions, but It shouldn't be done in a vacuum. And people need to feel listened to in order to be engaged as employees. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't get that opportunity if they looked at your LinkedIn profile and they don't call you, right? 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt this guy. Our guy. Yeah, absolutely. So I think at this at this time, it's a good time for us to really dig into Carol just for a second, just a little bit more, because I like to ask this question of all of my guests. And that, that question is, Carol, if you could write yourself a letter and send it back to you, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, when you were like, you know, 10, what would you write to Carol? What would you say to this woman who, you know, had a 20 year career and was just knocking out of the park and then somebody made a decision that ended your, your, your job, you know, and what would you, what would you like to have said to yourself in that letter? I would like to say, Carol, you are worthy You have skills and talents that go far beyond the job that you held. There will be something on the other side that's even better. And embrace yourself. Spend time in self-care. Spend time doing the things that you might have missed, like forming a network and not being afraid to talk about who you are in the world of work and the skills that you bring to that world of work. Mm, yeah. Yes. That's, you know what, and that's such great, great advice for anybody that's in leadership positions or not is to start by understanding who you are. And once you know who you are and what you have to offer this world, not not just in one special talent, which we all mm-hmm. have, but in multiple skills and talents, which we right. all have, and to uncover those things. What what do you think in this transition? It sounds like it was hard. It was a I, I don't know what I shared with you when I lost. I felt absolutely betrayed. Yes, yes. You know, betrayed. I felt embarrassed because you know I was you know, I was had this great job and mm-hmm. and now I don't you know what do I say I got to go I had to go home to my spouse and tell her you know I got I got fired yeah and, you know I mean it's it's tough you know when you look back on that stuff it, we overcome it mm-hmm. you know? but what what do you in getting through those hard times what what advice would you have for others the first piece of advice that I have is that We need to realize and internalize that most people who lose their jobs do so having nothing to do with their competence. Mm. So that when you lose your job, even, you know, we instantly take that on as what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? How did that happen? Well, when, when people make decisions that are business decisions, they're making them on economic grounds. And unless you know for certain that you were sloughing off, the chances are that you were let go for an economic reason. You know, either like in my case, they closed down the whole function and outsourced it. How I could still carry in myself that notion of what did I do wrong, which I did for, you know, Two years or so. It was, yeah. it was a hard time. It took time. me a long time too, Carol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you go around thinking, oh, you know, poor me. And actually my throat would close when it was time to talk about that I was no longer working in that company. I could not do it. I loved my job. And so it was really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 
And yeah, you did it for 20 years. So that's, yeah, yeah that's a long time. I, I have to say, Carol, there's a bunch of things that I've, I've learned today that I really appreciate about LinkedIn. I'm going to have to go back and take a hard look at my wow. and my taglines and other things. And, 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 uh, I am all about uh, trying to be as authentic and stuff, but uh, also understanding the nuances of this kind of marketing that we have right. to try to engage people and making a decision to get in touch with us. And, and I think I think that I'm going to call this podcast, Who is the Artist? <laughs> because I liked your description when you know the artist yes. and the work that we do, when we know yes. Carol that you can help me because I know authentically you'd want to help me. And yeah. we want to do leadership development. We want to help people and reduce retention and get younger people ready to go for the future and those right. things. You know, if we find out who we are and why we do what we do, we can get more people engaged and work with good people. And I think that's, uh, there's, that's your message, you know, get to know the artist, get to know yes. each person, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's so interesting because sometimes the artist doesn't really know themselves, but, but when they do, mm. it, it carries over. And we're so proud to know that artist. Yeah. Well, Carol, thank you so much for being our guest today. Carol Kemmerer, owner and principal of Kemmerer Group and the author of LinkedIn for the Savvy Executive. We got some great advice today on how all of us executives and people looking for jobs are trying to just build our own brand and credibility online so that people will at least pick the phone up or send us an email or contact us to build that network. And that's what it's all about. Right, Carol? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being our guest today. It was a delight. Thank you so much, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks again for joining us on Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care, be well, and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit petercats.com. <laughs>